2: is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thank you so much for making us part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I'll be your host again on this Sunday, April 3rd now. Uh, March is over, and if you're in the Midwest... Winter is not quite over yet, much to the chagrin of us here in the Midwest and in Wisconsin. It snowed yesterday on April 2nd. I was not happy about that. But the good news is it's, it didn't stick around. But uh, slowly but surely, we're getting closer to nicer weather. The summer's on the way. Um, Final Four, as we're recording, we have no idea who's in the national championship game. But monday national championship game for men's basketball that is fun and everybody's favorite event the draft coming up at the end of the month here so um still lots going on in the nfl uh the nfl is now just a seven day a week 24 hours 365 so uh we'll be we'll be doing uh draft coverage now for pretty much uh from here on out up until the draft so um, Gage, Mike, today we are looking at safety as a position uh, for the Packers. We're going to be looking at four different guys. Um, one of the guys on the list probably won't be a Packer, uh, given that uh, Green Bay doesn't draft inside the top ten. But uh, who knows, maybe they'll trade up, maybe they'll make a move for him. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things we were talking beforehand. I had asked the uh, what I figured was kind of a silly question You know, Green Bay's already got two safeties. Why are we looking at four players here for the Packers, potentially, that have first and second round grades on them? And as both of you pointed out, um, some of that's due to the fact that uh, both Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage are not under contract as of right now after the 2022 season. Uh, So some of it is for that reason, maybe one, maybe both of them won't be back after the 22 season. And as you guys pointed out, and I didn't really realize this that much, I'm used to the very conventional, you know, two-safety uh, defense. And I guess Green Bay has been playing a lot more three-safety look um, in some of their packages. So, And Henry, Henry Black was the guy playing that position, I guess, a lot last year. So I learned something new just from talking to you guys off of the show. I'm going to learn a whole lot more here within the show. But um, let's get into the position here. So the first guy we're going to talk about today um, again, somebody that's probably not going to be in a Packer uniform, but, uh, I think it's fair to say probably the top safety in the draft, Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame, um, really big kid, 6'4, 220 pounds. Um, I know Mike, you were saying he's been, you know, dinged a little bit, I guess, for his 40 yard dash time, which is almost a four, six, um, which I, you know, for a defensive back, not necessarily what you love to see, but, um. Nonetheless, I watched him a little bit this past year. He's a big kid. He's a playmaker. Um, And so, Mike, I mean, when you're looking at Kyle Hamilton here, it's not the first time Notre Dame has produced uh, a safety of a high caliber. Obviously, Packer fans are very familiar with Harrison Smith uh, in Minnesota. But, uh, you know, Kyle Hamilton again. Somebody, you know, it's it's a little bit harder to talk about considering he's consi- he's considered right now to be a top ten pick. Um, but how does Kyle Hamilton, in your view, fit into Green Bay's defense? Um, and I mean, do, would you do you see Green Bay making a potential move to move up to get him, or is Kyle Hamilton one of those guys, kind of like? In a similar sense to Aaron Rodgers, where if he falls to you, you're going to take him because you can't believe he's fallen that far down the draft.
1: How Hamilton falls to 22, I'm jumping off the roof of my house. It, it, that is going to be such a rare idea if he falls that far. But if he's to like 15, 16, I am definitely looking at trading up. This guy is 40-time be damned. He is almost a can't-miss prospect. He is everything you want in, in that safety. He's Big, he's got range, he's really explosive, he's got ball skills. Like th- this guy's the real deal. There's a reason why on the draft network, who we, we've been using a lot, he is the number one overall prospect. And uh Kyle Krabs, who did the analysis, has him as the best prospect he has studied since entering the draft space in 2014. Hamilton is the real deal. His comparison is Derwin James. Like th- this guy is going to be a stud, whoever drafts him, and if he drops goes of a 40 time. That's a joke. He should be a top-five pick. But like if, if he's dropping to 15 or 16, I am making that trade without a moment's hesitation and really making this secondary just about unstoppable.
2: So, Gage, when we're looking at this, and I know you were, you were the big guy saying, you know, he's not going to be there for Green Bay. Um, I know when we did our mock draft last week, I think we had him going, what, number three or number four overall to the Jets in that mock draft, somewhere in that top five there. But, I mean... Uh, when you're looking at uh, at Kyle Hamilton, you know what are some of the things that he does really well that would get you excited from a safety position, and then what are what are a few things when you're seeing him that you you think he
3: could improve upon a little bit? You know, it's the classic uh, overused statement of what doesn't he do well? The guy is like like Mike pointed out, Kyle Krabs, who's a draft analyst that I respect the work of ex- like very very much. So. He said that he might be the best prospect he's scouted since 2014 when he started scouting. Um, Hamilton is has great range. He has the ability to play down in the slot. He has the ability to crash down in the run game. He's got the ability to play center field as a free safety, like the old-school Ed Reed free safety, where you just say, okay, we're going to put single high back there, and guess what? That safety is going to cover sideline to sideline because he's that good. Kyle Hamilton's that good. Hamilton was playing on the punt team. Last year, like so, this guy who is a who's number one prospect in the class, one of the top safeties that has come out in the last forever, was playing punt coverage. He and people want to talk about his oh he's dropping because he's got bad athleticism at his pro day. Or whatever, had a 40 inch vertical, an 11 foot broad, and then a t- fastest 10 yard split that this that his trainer had ever seen when he was 18. I don't think that he's gotten necessarily less athletic in that time. He's probably gotten a little more athletic, for being honest. I don't know what Kyle Hamilton doesn't do well. Like I said, he's not going to be on the board. He's not going to be there. If he if he was there, just like Mike said, if he's there 15, 16, whatever, trade up. If so, if someone's willing to like if you say, hey, 22 and 28, well, how far will that get us up? You do that trade all day. I don't care if I don't care if Savage and Amos were still under contract for another two or three years. I'd probably still make the trade because the guy's that good. And it's the classic Put good football players on your team and good things will happen to you.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. you need indeed
2: well and that brings up an interesting question for both of you here um you know again we're anticipating that he's going to be gone by the time green bay would uh would be drafting and it sounds like in order for green the, the realistic trade is that he's probably not going to be there 14 or 15 for them to trade up to but i mean the the one question is you know this is a guy that's got so much talent. He's obviously projected to be a year one starter for a team that, that, uh, that drafts him. But if, if in a world where he does fall to green Bay, how would kind fit in given his talent and athleticism with Savage and Amos? Now I know green Bay, they play, you know, more three safety looks than, than most teams. Um, but I mean, in your kind of conventional, you know, when you're when you're doing your two safeties your kind of your conventional two safety look is he just going to be somebody that is you know how does he get on the field is it in year 1 is it just going to be when they're running those three package you know that three safety package or is he somebody good enough that could potentially push uh Savage or even Amos out of that potential two starting safety lineup Mike do you see that with uh, with Kyle Hamilton
1: I'm not sure I don't think he would push him out of the lineup but he would definitely be an immediate nickel or dime starter, and he would be that guy. I mean, 6'4", 220 Like I have his RAS score in front of me nine two eight. His vertical at the combine was thirty eight. His broad jump was ten foot eleven at the combine. Like his his speed times were were bad. And his shuttle time was bad. But if he ends up being Cam Chancellor, do you who's going to say no to that? I mean, you can put him in the box. You can have him roam around. He's got the range and ball skills. He anticipates plays extremely well. And, and like I know there's gonna say like the Notre Dame smart, he is he is extremely intelligent on the field. He he reads plays better than a safety I've seen in the draft in quite a while. And and so you can put him you can put him deep, you can put him in the box. I probably would put him in the slot right now, but he's a guy where wherever in the middle of the field you want him, you put him out there. And then you like Gage said, he'll play special teams. He will be a killer on special teams. it be it would be where returner's rue the day. And it, he's a guy where he, his, some of his game is better than the numbers that are going to be shown, whether it's stats or whether it's measurables. A guy of his size and his football on-field IQ really hasn't been seen in the NFL. The closest one, I think, would be a guy like Cam Chancellor, but he's got better range.
2: All right, well, there you have it, Kyle Hamilton. I don't want to spend too much time on him, considering we've, we've kind of hammered home the point that unlikely that he will be in a Packer uniform come draft day, but you never know. Players have fallen before in the draft, and maybe Green Bay will get lucky this year. Um, let's move on to uh, another guy here, uh, Daxton Hill. I guess he goes by Dax. Is that is am I am I seeing that right? I guess I don't know enough about a lot of these players here, but I guess either one here, um, safety out of Michigan. He's six foot tall, 191 pounds. Um, ran about a 4-3-8-40, uh, so obviously a little bit on the faster end there, which is uh, you know obviously a good thing for, for a defensive back. But, um, Gage, when you're looking at Dax Hill here out of Michigan, um, what, do you, what do you like about him, and is, is this a more reasonable kind of consideration for Green Bay? I mean, it seems like it's possible that he might be there a little bit lower uh, in the first round.
3: Yeah, he it, he's more likely to be available uh, when he goes on, or when Green Bay would go on the clock at twenty-two. That is definitely the the assessment that I would have here, just because Kyle Hamilton is very, like I said, he's not going to be on the board. There's no there's no world that it happens unless something comes out draft night about Kyle Hamilton that no one has seen before. That is the only way that he is not on the board. Daxon Hill is definitely definitely has more of a chance to be on the board there. Uh, like you said, six foot, 191 pounds, does have good speed. Can play in a v- couple of different systems. He's more of a he's more of a free safety. He does have the ability to dr- to drop down and play in that nickel spot. So if you wanted to kind of go as a too high, if you want to go two safeties and then you want to have Dax Hill on the field just to get yourself that third safety, you could do that and he can play slot comfortably. It's not, not his primary position, but he does have the ability to play down in there. I think that he is. I think he's a good player. I think that there's other guys on the board that I'm other guys at safety that I might prefer, just because some of these Michigan safeties that have come out in the last few years kind of kind of kind of scare me a little bit. We had like Jabril peppers Jabril Jabril peppers who was the jack of all trades master and none type of guy. Dax isn't that guy, but I think these. I think he'll just go into the league. He'll be a solid guy. I don't know if he'll ever be like a superstar or anything, but I think these a solid probably maybe not your one starter but if you do move on from one of Amos or Savage he's a good option to be moving forward with
2: so Mike do you like Dax Hill here as a potential first round pick or is this a guy that if you can maybe get him in the second round I guess I don't know enough to you know if if this is going to be a guy that's going to be a first round pick and for sure somewhere for someone and not be available in the second round but I mean Just in kind of what I'm seeing here, you know, hybrid safety nickel, which is kind of what Green Bay is looking for, um, not that necessarily bona fide starter. So it seems like he might fit in a little bit better in year one, not, uh, you know, playing that hybrid role, uh, you know, in those uh, nickel packages. But, um, you know, what what do you see long-term with him? Is he somebody that can take over for Savage or Amos? And, um, you know, do you think he'd be available in the second round, or is this guy just a first-round talent that's, gonna go to somebody and maybe it's not green
1: bay i think he's a, a match at 28 and i don't think he, i think i don't think he'll drop to the second round of the packers pick they'd have to trade up at the second round or trade out of the first to get him with an early second round pick his his, his speed numbers are off the charts i mean again using ras and then that's not the bail end up but again 438 a 151 1, 10 yards but a 406 shuttle run 6573 cone all top of the line he's a little on the smaller side, but. I mean, comparisons I've been seeing have been Minka Fitzpatrick. I saw a of Malcolm Jenkins when he came out of Ohio state and that's where he matches up with a mock draftable. That's where his uh, lineup is. He played a little bit of everywhere in Michigan. He played the slot. He played deep safety. He played in the box a little bit. He's probably better in the slot at with his size. Yes. He's not the biggest guy, six foot one ninety, but he's a guy who can step in, play the slot right away. He's he, he, I think he's different than Peppers because I think he was more defined of a position than Peppers. Peppers moved around so much, wanting to try and play wide receiver, play corner, play safety, be a kick returner, punt returner, do a little bit of everything to get that Heisman vote, and he he just never panned out in the NFL. I think he's a, a little safer than Peppers. But if he's available in the early second round, you maybe think about trading up. But I, I I like him as a player. I think he's gonna be a good solid player. Like Gage said, maybe not an All Pro or Pro Bowl player, but he's a guy that you would love to have on your defense for ten years. I think his game will age very, very well. With spring break approaching, the sun is coming out. Everyone
4: is looking for a partner to impress. There are a lot of things your partner could like. Some prefer tall guys. Some prefer big butts. But no one prefers their men with smelly, unkempt nuts. That's why our friends at Manscaped developed their improved Lawnmower 4.0 to keep the weeds out of your crotch garden. Before you head out on your spring trip, make sure you're groomed from ball to tip. Join the Manscaped movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code PACKADAY. The Performance Package 4.0 includes the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer, it will change the way you approach your entire grooming routine. The fourth generation trimmer features advanced skin-safe technology to reduce grooming accidents. You don't want any ingrown hairs or snags around the boys before beach season. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor an on-off travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED light on and off. This trimmer is waterproof. You can trim in the shower, not have to worry about any of the embarrassing cleanup afterwards. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner, the perfect combo to keep the beach balls dry and smelling good for even the most intense spring break dance parties. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. Get rid of those pesky nose and ear hair. Get ready to smell those flowers bloom in the spring. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof. It uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary blade dual system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology and helps prevent all of those nicks and tugs around those sensitive nose area. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. Manscaped for when you want to be caught with your pants around your
2: ankles. All right. Well, you know, I just in looking at him and comparing him to another safety here that we're going to be talking about. Um, the next guy on the list here is Louis Seen. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. If I'm mispronouncing it, I apologize, but um, just a couple of things that kind of stand out to me is that, you know, they have about the same 40 yard dash time. And again, obviously speed is not the end all be all. There's a lot more uh, to it than that, but um, here Lewis Seen, you know, he's, He's six two as opposed to six foot for for Dax Hill, uh, 199 pounds, so basically 200 pounds. He's got about 10 pounds on on uh, Dax Hill. So I mean, uh, but and I remember from our mock draft we had uh, Lewis seen here going late first round, so maybe that 28 spot. Uh, but uh, Mike, when we're looking at these two guys here, I mean, they seem obvious from just from some of these numbers, they seem pretty comparable, um, but yet you've got a bigger bodied guy here in Lewis scene. So, and, you know, coming out of Georgia, I mean, with the way people looked at Georgia's defense from this past year, it's almost like, well, man, if you can get somebody from Georgia, that's just going to be a great pick. Um, so I guess what kind of separates these two guys? And, I mean, do you like one better than the other?
1: I'm torn. I like them both a lot. And we actually did mock scene to Green Bay when we did our mock draft a couple weeks ago. Uh, we I think we had him, we took him at 28. I'm I'm torn on which one I like more. Scene, I think, is the more explosive guy. He is going to come up and knock you out. I mean, even just his highlight packages, which are obviously cut up to favor him, he is hitting guys, and he is knocking them into the, into the last week. He can go sideline to sideline. He played a lot of that single high. I think Hill might be a bit more versatile, but Scene is a guy who, and that familiarity with Stokes, I think, could also really help with how they would communicate on the field. He, he's a guy where I would not be upset with him at 28. He is He's he's a lot of fun to watch. He really is.
2: And, Gage, when you're looking at seeing here, I mean, how does he compare with Dax Hill? And, I mean, you know, again, we're looking at just some of these differences in size. And, I mean, what do you like about him? What is he good at? How does he fit with Green Bay's defense? Would they, you know, should they take him, you know, maybe the end of the first round?
3: So, well, Dax Hill is more of a, like, fluid and coverage guy and he likes to, and he's really good on that in, in that area of the ball scene is more of a, it, he's not just a run defender, but the guy like Mike said, he can lay the wood. He can bring, he can come down. He's got bad intentions when he's on his way towards, uh, towards the opponent. And he, he just needs to work a little bit more on his uh, work in the receipt or in the passing game. That's not the worst thing because especially if you were to bring him to green Bay, where he would be behind two safeties in Savage and Amos, who have multiple years of starting starting experience. Obviously, Amos get now going into year four, Savage or er, Savage going into year four. Amos has been is now nearing the end of his second contract with uh, first time contract with Green Bay. Uh, you have seen here who can play in that overhang spot. He can play down in the run as kind of that combo modern version of the safety slash linebacker hybrid guy he's also played in the slot a little bit which gives you which is the same thing that we talked about Daxon hill being able to do you don't have to force a guy into playing a position he may not be super super comfortable in which gives him a year to develop i think he's got good size he's got good speed he had the night he was in the 95th percentile for the 40 uh for his position 96th percentile on the broad jump 71st percentile on the vert uh, 83, 83rd percentile in the 10 yard split. So the guy's got explosiveness. The only thing that he was below average in was in weight, where he was in the 20th percentile. But that's only because there are safeties that were absolutely huge uh, that have come out. Uh, this is and this is since 2000, or it was either 2000 or 1999. But seeing as a young guy, he's explosive. He's got great speed. He ha- he's willing to tackle in the run game, which is obviously a big thing with defensive backs. We don't always see that. So. I like scene more than I like Hill, but I think that's more just, I've seen Green Bay get beat up in the running game too many times in the last decade that I'm ready to see something a little different.
2: All
1: right. Well, well yeah, that's, that's definitely. Scene, uh, when you talk about uh, his ability downhill, his explosiveness again, that 11 foot broad jump at the combine. I mean, that's close, close to getting closer to records. He, his explosion, when he makes that first step, he is going to be a bullet heading toward the line of scrimmage. So he's a guy. If you want to be that hard hitter, and you want that guy to balance out the range of Savage and like the intelligence of Amos, that's a good like trio fit. Would be those three.
2: Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, as Gage was saying, you know, I, I tend to agree with him with that. You know, the run game. Um, I like that that idea that you'd have a safety there that uh, would be willing to tackle and, and make those plays in the run game because. Well, Mike Gage said, Lord knows we've all seen enough of Green Bay's run defense getting run all over, although it's gotten better since 2019 when it was at its absolute worst, it feels like. But, um, well, let's take a look at our last guy here, real quick. Uh, Jalen, is it, is it Petrie? I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. Again, some of these guys, I, I don't fully know how to pronounce their last name, so I'm doing my best here. But, um, safety out of Baylor, um, 5'11, um, You know, so Mike, what can you tell us about Jalen? I mean, what do you like about him? How does he fit in Green Bay's defense? It looks like um, just from some of the things I'm seeing here, they're kind of projecting him to be, you know, eventually an average starter. Maybe not uh, not a first round pick guy, but maybe someone in the second or third round, do you think?
1: Yeah, he's a second round guy. Maybe, maybe early third, but I don't think he gets out of the second. Whereas we talked about Hill and Seen being more of those guys who can play deep if you need to, deep, uh, single, high, or on the slot. Petrie's the guy you want near the line of scrimmage. He he's, plays bigger than his size. He's 5'11", 198. He plays bigger than that. He's going to hit. He's going to play the run. He's is weird because playing at Baylor, it's not always the toughest to see how they're doing, especially a guy who's been a redshirt senior. He's been around a while. He, he's a guy who you you want at that third like hybrid role. He's more of a fit for that. But he's definitely, there's definitely a clear, at least to me, delineation between the top three we talked about and even Jaquan Brisker of Penn State, then Petrie. Uh, he's a guy where if he's there in round two, you take him, be fine, and be happy. And I, I really wish we could have seen him run because I, I think he's got good speed, but I don't know how because he didn't do anything at the combat or pro day. But he's the skills are there for him to be an enforcer in the run game.
2: And, and Gage, I mean, when we look at him here um... – Strengths, weaknesses. How does how does Jalen compare to the other guys? Obviously, we won't compare him too much to Kyle Hamilton because Kyle Hamilton's just a, a can't miss prospect at this point. But I mean, when looking at Dax Hill and Lewisine, you know, uh, where does Jalen Petrie you know measure up for you as far as what Green Bay should be looking at? And um, obviously, the the first three guys we looked at, we were all kind of projected at least somewhere in the first round. Jalen Petrie, you know, probably more of a second round guy, but uh, you know. Is 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 this is, is he someone that you know maybe if you miss out in the first round that you take a look at in the second round given that you have two picks in the second round?
3: Uh, that is an option. Uh, there are a couple things that concern me about Petrie. Like I said, I am and I'm going to directly contradict myself here when I when compared to my uh, analysis of Scene, but that's fine. So I said that I want I, I don't want Green Bay to get run over as much. However, there's a difference between Scene and Petrie. Petrie is a great is probably going to be great at being a run defender like and that's being his focus being more of the cam chancellor than being daryl thomas he's not his focus isn't in coverage he's fine in coverage but that's not where he's going to excel he's going to excel as a as defending the run and playing down in the box and making your making your opponents throw the ball more over the top i think he's fine as a i think he's fine as a defender and he is someone, if you miss out on some of the other top guys in the class, maybe that is where you look. Maybe you're looking at it as, okay, Savage is our long term guy. Savage is more of a coverage safety than he is a than he is a run defending safety. So maybe that's where you pair them up and it kind of and it kind of makes a lot of sense like pairing sat or like pairing Thomas and Cam Chancellor uh, back in Seattle. But that's I mean, I also have another issue with Petrie is the fact that he is a redshirt senior, so he is a little bit on the older side. Um, and that's fine. It, I get Green Bay's in a winning window, and you're trying to compete as, as soon as possible. So, as a redshirt senior, he will be a little older. He'll be he'll have been around a little more, so he should be able to hypothetically get up to speed quicker. But the NFL game does still take time for everybody, and that doesn't matter. I, I, like every position's different. Safeties generally take a little bit to get ready. I know we all saw Savage as a rookie. He did take a little bit to get his feet wet uh, before he was ready to. Fully compete uh, at the highest level. And I think that Petrie maybe doesn't have that transition, but at the same time, maybe he does. And then now you have a guy who is a year older than, or he's two years older than the three other three guys we talked about today. They're all juniors. He's a redshirt senior, so he's two years older. He is smaller. He's only 5'11, um, while the others are all at least six foot tall. He's 198 pounds, so same weight. But I'm just sitting here and I'm looking, and there's a lot of, there's, a lot of things that I can nitpick about that kind of move me away from Petri and more in the direction of uh, some of the other guys we've talked about today.
2: All right. Well, I mean, there you have it. we got four guys here that we looked at with the safety position. Now, the last thing I want to do before we wrap things up here, guys, is, you know, we talked about it a little bit, you know, that Green Bay is, you know, looking to add some depth here. But when we talk about three guys that are first round talents and one who is a You know top 10 talent and then a fourth guy here that's a second round talent you know when we're looking at the immediate needs for green bay you've got wide receiver you've got edge rush you've got offensive tackle you've got interior defensive line um and then you know secondary needs secondary not meaning like actually in coverage but just your primary to your secondary needs you got linebacker and tight end and inside offensive line and then you've got safety as kind of an ancillary need to the team right now. Now, obviously, some of what we're looking at is obviously depth and down the road here. But, I mean, when you're trying to put this in perspective, is safety, Mike, to you a position where outside of Kyle Hamilton, because he's such a great player, if, if as a fan, are you – Are you wanting Green Bay to take a safety in the first round, even though they have two picks, or is this for you? Like, where do you personally as a fan fall on the position being a first or second round pick in this coming draft?
1: I'm probably the wrong guy to ask because I love safeties. like I – if I could have played more beyond one-year high school, I would have been a safety. Uh, I studied the position. I played it in, like, rec leagues and all this stuff all the time. I was a safety. So I love watching it. Nick Collins is one of my favorite players, Leroy Butler – all those guys. Uh, but I I think, yeah, you, If as a fan, you you want a safety. I, I know people aren't at times happy with how Savage is done. Maybe feels when some people are upset with Amos not making all the splashy plays, even though he is as steady as it gets. So getting a guy like a Lewis Scene who's going to come in, and he's going to be a highlight reel every time he's on the field, is, is, is very appealing. And I know the big needs, everyone talks about our receiver, edge, uh, a linebacker. Safety, I think, is as, as important as that everything that's probably not receiver because, like we said all podcasts, the only safety under contract after this year is Vernon Scott. That's it. And they've already restructured Amos to push money out, so we'll see if he comes back after this year. Savage, yeah. they got to decide on his option. He might be back, but he needs to really step up after he had a rough year last year. So safety, it's a very sneaky, important need for this team. Joe Barry likes his safeties. And he likes having guys who can play both high, single high, and up in the box in the slot. So I I I don't think anyone should be upset if a safety goes in the first round, especially if it's Hamilton. If it's Hamilton, we're we're partying. But whether it's Hill or Scene at twenty eight, we be okay with that. I mean, no one saw Eric Stokes coming here last year. No one saw him as a first round pick, and he worked out pretty well so far. I think Scene and Hill. I think especially Scene could be a guy who can, who's going to be climbing boards and he could be there at 28 and come out and have a really strong rookie year.
2: All right. And Gage, what about you? I mean, when you're looking at this Packers team, you know, again, you know, I, I think we're all in agreement on Kyle Hamilton. If he falls to you at a good spot where you can get him, I mean, nobody's going to be complaining about that. But I mean – with all the needs that Green Bay seems to have are you okay with Green Bay taking a safety in the first round or do you are you kind of looking at maybe for them to look for something in the second or third round where do you where do you stand on the position and Green Bay using some high capital on the position in this year's draft
3: there's definitely positions that I would prefer Green Bay to look at over safety I don't think it's a primary need but I also am a believer in add good players and good things happen we I, – like, I, I, I've never understood the idea of, oh, you need to completely ignore a position. Like I said last year leading up to the draft that if Green Bay took Najee Harris, I was no longer going to be a Green Bay fan. And that was because they had Aaron Jones under contract and they had A.J. Dillon. I was like, it doesn't make any sense. Don't take him. But I also understand that there are positions where you – sometimes you want to look at other guys. Like adding Kyle – like adding one of these safeties like sean or Daxon Hill there at 22 – or 28 – maybe 22 if you think if scenes uh, stock has risen that much that's not the worst thing so I so I don't hate the idea of adding a safety especially if one of these guys is available at 28 I don't mind it at all it's not a primary need for this team but it's definitely not a position that can completely be ignored either so I wouldn't fault the team at all if they made one of those three guys uh, the selection in the first round
2: uh yeah so with that being said I mean obviously, uh, three guys here looking to be first round picks. Obviously, again, can't hammer it home enough, guys. That if uh, Kyle Hamilton's there for the Packers, seems like a can't miss prospect. Uh, but uh, the other guys, you know, obviously, again, no Vernon Scott being the only safety under contract past this year um, could be a little concerning, but. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what Green Bay does. I guess personally for me, I wouldn't want to see them use a pick at 22 unless it's maybe on Hamilton. Uh, but uh, then again, I don't study this like uh, Gage and Mike do. So, uh, you know, I don't have as much of a of an insight on this as these guys do, which is why they are the ones that uh, talk more than I do on this podcast. So, um, well, with that, guys, I mean – We'll be covering the draft, uh, you know, from here on out for the foreseeable future up until draft day. Uh, Keep it tuned right here. We'll we'll break down different positions and different players every day. So, um, Mike, real quick, people want to get in touch with you, follow your work leading up to the draft. How can they do that?
1: So, of course, stay tuned next week. I think we got defensive linemen, so we'll have some fun with that, including the couple big guys from Georgia. Uh, For me, you can find my work on Twitter at Mike Wendlandt all one word. My broadcasting work at Zaleski Sports, which like Nick said, it was snowing the past couple of days, so I had to try and do some baseball yesterday in the in the weather, which was fun up in, uh, down in Wisconsin Dells. But season is underway, soccer and baseball going. And also I'm now writing for Wisconsin Sports Heroics uh, as the Milwaukee Brewers, one of the Milwaukee Brewers writers. So um, stay tuned for my writing for that as well. I'm working on a piece right now on the history of broadcasters covering all the pro sports teams in Wisconsin and how likely we are to have guys like Wayne Larravee and Bob Uecker and uh, Ted Davis with the Bucks, Matt LaPay, guys like that. But that all will be found on my Twitter at Mike Wendland.
2: All right, perfect. Engage, how about you? I know you've been doing some, uh, what is it, nuggets coverage?
3: Yep, as always, you can find all of my work on Twitter at GBridge for the NFL. Primarily doing Nuggets stuff right now. I haven't really been doing a ton of draft stuff, uh, getting into fantasy offseason work and then uh, with MLB coming up I probably am going to be doing some MLB betting content over on my Twitter so that'll be fun for those of you that live in states where gambling is legal or if you gamble illegally that's fine with me just don't tell me about it um, I'm also possibly starting a Nuggets podcast here in the next couple of weeks so be on the lookout for that and as I always say it's all on my Twitter it's easier to find it there than find it anywhere else
2: All right, perfect. And as always, if you are interested, you can follow me on Twitter at producer nick lb. Uh, But as I constantly state, I am not super active on Twitter, so um, probably not, probably not overly worth the follow there. But uh, Mike Gage, thank you uh, for all of the insight. I always learn something when I talk to you guys. It's a pleasure doing it. Um, So you know, we covered the position of safety today again. Kyle Hamilton. Maybe we'll all just hope and pray that he that uh, maybe there's a Aaron Rodgers uh, thing that goes on with him and he falls down to Green Bay. But otherwise, you know, be happy with what what uh, with what Green Bay is going to do. Hopefully, they make some good picks. And just again, let me let's all reiterate it. You know, Gage, you you're you you've told us from from day one that uh, you know Green Bay doesn't have to field a team till September. So. If you're worried about the wide receiver position, they'll get it figured out. And if they don't, you know, then we can all bitch and moan, you know, come September when they haven't figured it out. So, uh, but with that being said, uh, again, like I said, keep it tuned right here. We'll we'll, uh, be doing daily podcasts on different positions and different players leading up to the draft, uh, which is, you know, just uh, what? uh, Let me take a look at the calendar here. One, two, three, three and a half weeks away here. So it'll be coming up pretty soon. Um, and it'll be fun to see what Green Bay does with four picks in the top 60. So with that being said, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, uh, you know, again, just thanks for listening. Make sure you're liking and subscribing to uh, Pack-A-Day podcast uh, wherever you are listening to your podcast. So thank you again for putting up with us, and as always, Go Pack Go!